Good morning, everybody. Welcome here. My name is Grant, one of the pastors here at Cedar Valley Church, and this morning I am joined by Michelle. Hi there. And we are going to get the service kicked off here for you in just a moment. If this is one of your first times checking out our online service, a very special welcome to you. We'd love to get you know you get to know you better. You can help us do that by giving a shout out or comment at hello at cedarvalley.ca or just dropping a comment here online. Yeah, because we want to know if you're actually here and we want to, you know, get some dialogue going, get to know you, you can get to know us. And that's one of the best things to do. But really for everybody watching, uh, one of the best ways to stay informed, up to date of all the different stuff happening around here in our church community or even constant changing guidelines about what events are now going to be online, how to join in together. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or head over to our website, cedarvalley.ca and sign up for our weekly email newsletter. Uh, we will have announcements like uh, we have coming up next Sunday evening, November 29th at 7 p.m. We're having a congregational meeting. Um, this is a time where we are going to update you on what's been happening, what's going on, what's going to be happening, and how you can still be a part of our church life and community. Although, due to the newly announced health regulations, this meeting will be hosted online as a Zoom meeting. So stay tuned for the link, which we'll send out on our website, Facebook, Instagram, and wherever we can. Yeah, yeah, we want everybody to be part of this. And now, you know, there's room for everybody. We don't even have a limit because you can all join in online. At this time, our youth group and Awana Kids Club will also continue to meet online um, on Wednesday nights. So make sure you check in in the coming weeks to find out more information about that. Yeah, and just as a recap, all of this stuff is posted in our weekly emails and uh, periodically throughout Facebook and Instagram. So just make sure you check out those feeds, check out the story, see what's going on. And just so you know, it's not just announcements. Uh, we also want you to know that we're here for you and that we're a church who prays. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, you can submit help or prayer requests on our website at cedarvalley.ca slash pray or email pray at cedarvalley.ca or leave a message on our office phone, which is 604-826-2445. And we do have a voicemail there. We'd love to pray for you and see how we can be a support for you however we can. Absolutely, because there's so many things that happen, right, in our community that, you know, especially when we're not seeing each other face-to-face -face weekly, mm -hmm. we just don't know about it. Like, do you get the prayer request updates as they come out? I do, yeah, and that's yeah. very helpful, actually. Yeah, yeah, I love it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes when we're just praying, we have no idea really what to pray for, and then mm -hmm. we know, like, immediate help, and. You know, here's the big one too. We're always like, oh, you know, God, what's the answer? And then he tells you like, oh, this person needs help. Maybe you can probably do it on your lunch break today. So yeah, and, and you can sign up for the prayer chain to get those kind of updates as they come in. We'll push those out uh, again, heading over to our website, cedarvalley.ca slash pray. There's a prayer chain little form there. Or again, just get in touch with us. We'll get you on that chain. We want you to stay in the loop. So right now um, we're going to start off our service with a time of singing. We've got some amazing worship songs recorded by our wonderful worship ministry team and to help lead you in praise to God. And after that, we have a special lesson just for the kids from Jaslyn. And she's talking about oh, Adam and Eve and uh, this like old story in the Bible, but mostly she's talking about these things we have in our heads, our brains and how God works with that. I'm excited. Stay tuned for that kids, especially about parents. You know, we're all gonna get something out of this. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we'll have a, a really good message from Pastor Doug about um, just the legacy of our church, Cedar Valley. It's gone through some changes over the years and uh, we just want to celebrate that we've been here for 80 years and we are still going. Yeah, 80, right? Mm -hmm. What a what a time for a birthday too this year. So it, no big party, sorry Cedar Valley, but uh, 
we're gonna celebrate it. And you know, I, I mean, I was doing a little bit of research of like, what does 80 get you? And I think Whistler Blackcomb, they call that super senior, which is like nearly a mm. free lift ticket. Uh, I think you get a discount at most restaurants too now. So, uh -huh. but yeah, 80 years. And uh, I think, you know, Michelle, I know you've been around here for your whole life at this mm -hmm. church. You've seen a lot yeah, of I stuff. Have. Yeah, what like, you know, what's one of your earliest memories of this building? Like with 80 years of legacy, I know you don't know that mm -hmm. whole legacy, but what's one of your earliest memories of how this church has impacted you? Well, I do remember when I was a kid, um, we're currently standing in what we now call the old building, but at the time it was the sanctuary and uh, it had the offices. I remember going to Sunday school in the education wing where our preschool is now located and just, you know, all the church services, like uh, we did special choir nights, we did Christmas services, and I just really remember what this building looked like back then and how much it meant to a lot of people. So that must have been an emotional time when last year we took the sledgehammers to the walls and changed up the floor. <laughs> it was weird, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice update. Awesome. Well, that's great. Hey, so for all of you, if you are watching live this morning, head over to the comment section of Facebook or YouTube and answer, the, answer just that exact question. What's one of your earliest memories about how this church, Cedar Valley, this church community has impacted you? And maybe it's like the groundbreaking 80 years ago, or maybe it's like two minutes ago when we started talking to you and you signed out online. But all in all, we're in for a great morning. Thanks for joining us. See ya. Good morning, church family. Thanks for joining us. Please worship with us.
of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you
Hi Cedar Valley kids, it's Jaslyn, and I hope you guys have been having a good week. I've got some interesting stuff that I want to talk to you guys about today. So we will get to a Bible story in a minute, but first I want to talk to you about the brain. So there we go, we've got an image up here. Some of you guys in school might have been learning about the brain already. It is fascinating the way God designed it. It is basically like a computer that runs your whole body and helps you make decisions and move and think and all this stuff. So to better visualize the brain, what you can do is you can make a fist and keep your thumb up like this and make another fist on this side and keep a thumb up. And if you put them together, this is about the size of your brain, a little bit bigger around, but this gives you a good idea of what the size is under your skull. Your brain has lots of different regions that are responsible for different things. So there's a part of your brain that is responsible for storing your memories. And then when you want to remember something, that part of your brain sends you the memory. Um, the front part of your brain is called your prefrontal cortex. And that's responsible for helping you make decisions, thinking about information and deciding what you're going to do with that. Okay, so now that we've got information about the brain. We're going to set that aside for a second and I'm going to talk to you about our Bible characters today. We are going to be talking about Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve were the first people that God ever made. In the beginning, God created the world. He made the sky, he made the earth, he made land and sea, he filled up the sea with all of the fish and the plants that are in there, he filled up the land with all the animals and the plants, and on the very, on the very last stretch of all of his creating, he made man. So he made Adam out of the dirt, and then he took a rib out of Adam and he made Eve. First man, first woman, and they lived in the Garden of Eden. So we're going to get a picture up here. Nobody really knows what the Garden of Eden looked like. We didn't have any pictures of it, but I imagine that it was full of plants, trees, fruit, animals, all this kind of beautiful stuff. God had put Adam and Eve in the garden and said, this is all yours. It's perfect and it's all for you. And he said, there's one rule. There's a tree in the middle of the garden and it is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, you can eat anything in the garden, but not from that tree. If you eat the fruit from that tree, you will surely die. So Adam and Eve are living in the Garden of Eden. And one day, the serpent, who is in the Bible, it says he was the craftiest of all the animals, comes to Eve. And I'm going to read this from the Bible. He said to the woman, he said to Eve, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And so the woman says to the serpent, we can eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but not from the tree in the middle. God said, you must not touch it or you will die. Uh-oh, Eve twisted the words a little bit. The serpent says to her, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the serpent is also twisting the words a little bit. So he gets Eve thinking about, oh, if you do eat this tree, eat, eat the fruit from this tree, you'll be like God. You'll know good and evil. And Eve thinks about this, and she decides that this is a good thing to do. So even though God has told her not to eat the fruit from that tree, she takes the fruit and she eats it. Then she gives it to Adam. She says, here, Adam, eat this fruit. And after they've eaten the fruit, they knew that they had sinned. They knew they had done something wrong. Let's jump back to what we were talking about with the brain. Remember the prefrontal cortex that helps you make all of those decisions? 
Adam and Eve knew that that was wrong. God had told them, this is the rule. Don't break it. Don't disobey me. And they figured out all of the information. They used their prefrontal cortex and they made the wrong decision. Now, something that's interesting about the story of Adam and Eve and when they ate the fruit is I've heard some people talk about this Bible story. And there are lots of people that don't believe in the Bible. They don't believe in God. And so they'll hear this story and they'll say, that doesn't seem fair of God. It seems like he just put a tree in the middle to trick them and said, you can eat everything, but don't eat that. And he was trying to trick them into sinning and trying to trick them into making a mistake. God doesn't trick people. God knows that Satan, the devil, is out there trying to tempt you to sin and trying to help you and trying to make you disobey. So what God has done, he has made this huge, fantastic computer brain that you can use to get all the information, use your prefrontal cortex to help you know and make a decision about what's right and what's wrong. So I want you guys to remember that this week. We all know what's right and what's wrong, and God has given us a big brain to help us decide. So I want you to use your big brains this week, and when it comes time to something where you need to make a decision and decide, am I gonna do this because it's wrong, I'm gonna do this because it's right, I want you to ask God to help you make the right decision. Now, hopefully you guys have got these scans on your email for some activity sheets that you guys can do when the sermon is happening. So the first one, it's going to be, you can draw the Garden of Eden, what you think it looked like. And the second one, you're really gonna have to use your big brain because it's a maze that you're gonna have to start and it looks pretty tough. You've gotta start up here by the snake's head and work your way all the way down through the maze to the tail. So if you haven't got those on your email, you can email Pastor Doug. The email address is gonna be at the bottom of the screen, so you can email him and ask him to send you those. And then I will also remind you guys about our Advent books that are going out this week. So these are going to be delivered to your house. You can use these with your parents. There's something to read every day, something to think about, and there's stickers to put on the poster at the end. So if there are any people watching the stream that you maybe don't have young kids in your house, but maybe there's somebody that you're connected to that you'd like to get them a book, send an email to Pastor Doug, email's down here, and he can get you connected with one of those. All right, so that's everything for me, and I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks. All right, well, here we are on our last stop on the road trip right here at home at Cedar Valley. And wow, did you know what? We turned, if you hadn't heard or were listening before the first part of the morning, our gathering here together, we're 80 years old. We were born in 1940. Now, for those of you who weren't around back then, and you know what, most of us here weren't, I want to share with you a few things that were going on in that year. World War II was raging across most of Europe as Germany battled its way through most of the countries there. In our area closer to home, a really nice house you could buy for about $4,000. If you had a pretty decent wage, if you were working, 
um, $1,500 a year was, was a good amount of money to make. Also that year, the movie Gone with the Wind was playing in theaters and was a big hit. Not only that, but nylon stockings were first sold in stores and they were all the rage with the ladies. Gas was three cents a liter. And the world, and our country as well, were just recovering from the devastating Great Depression. And although it didn't make many headlines, also in 1940, the Cedar Valley Church was officially organized by a small gathering of families and pastored by part-time farmer and part-time preacher Abram Pankratz. Back then, they called themselves the Ferndale United Mennonite Church, and they met in a humble one-room building that they constructed along Ferndale Road, which is just a few kilometers north of here. Well, expansive growth within the church meant that they needed to move and build a bigger building. So 1951, they had property donated here right along Cedar Valley Road. And thus, the name changed to Cedar Valley Church. And then that growth continued and led to the construction of the current building that we're in, which was built in 1979. If you want to know more of the history of Cedar Valley Church, we've got a great binder here for you, full of stories and pictures and events that really chronicles the life of Cedar Valley Church. And so you might want to check that out. It's in our church library. And you know, just a few days ago, I talked to Abe Pankratz. He was 10 years old at the time that Cedar Valley Church was started. And he is our last remaining church member who was there when it all began. He recalls building a fire in the old wood stove early on Sunday mornings in that first little building. And then later when the church moved here to Cedar Street, and others will remember this as well, some of you, that the East Building, which is now our youth wing and activity center and the wing where the preschool meets, they were built with one paid contractor and all of the rest was volunteer labor with men from the church. And I remember one of them saying that if you had a pair of pliers, you were an electrician. <laughs> and, uh, but it was incredible, the sense of community and the work that went in to put this place together. But you know, Abe also said something that was very significant. He said, even though it's difficult that we can't meet together in a large gathering right now, he said, God's church is going to continue to bring glory to God and to grow in our communities. And you know what? He's just about to turn 94. And I love that thought and that vision for the future about God's church. Well, what was it that caused the growth of that first little church 
along a bumpy dirt road out in Ferndale? Well, it was faithfulness to God and his word and their focus on the community. See, German was changed to English so their neighbors could join in with the services. Drums appeared on stage so they would fit into more of the youth culture. There was lots of good food and caring for neighbors and families in the community. And there were strong relationships that were formed within the church and within the community, within their neighbors. Growing up here as an adolescent, I remember our Sunday school teachers left a big impression on me. And we were meeting over in the East Wing, right where we're doing this filming today here. The church was in what the activity center is, what we call today. And some of us guys, we decided we really didn't want to go to the service that morning after Sunday school. So we kind of snuck back downstairs to our old Sunday school classroom and we closed the door and we just kind of hung out and told stories and fooled around like adolescent boys will do. And then we figured it was about time for the service to end and we were going to sneak back upstairs and just kind of blend into the crowd. We went to open the door and it wouldn't open. And we couldn't figure this out. There was no lock on the door. And we rattled a little bit and nothing. It was locked. We said, well, what are we going to do? And so just about the time we were deciding to pull the window apart piece by piece and pull it out of its frame, all of a sudden there was a noise at the door. And a couple of the ushers, and I won't say their names because some of them are still here part of the church, they had taken a long stick or a pole and put it across the outside of the door and then tied a rope to the door handle to the door knob. So when we pulled on the door, we couldn't open the door to get out. And they were teaching us a little bit of a lesson. And they opened it up and they were standing there as we kind of sheepishly opened the door and looked. And they said, you guys should be in church. And you know what? And later on I heard that we missed a really good message that morning, which would have taught us something well. But one of the things, one of the great things about being a pastor here at Cedar Valley is that I get to hear comments from people about the church. People who are, who are coming in and visiting and, and just hearing about Cedar Valley. And I hear things like, Cedar Valley is a very friendly church. That the church is welcoming and helpful. It's compassionate. And it's focused on the teachings of the Bible. Over the years, Cedar Valley has supported refugee families, assisted in disaster relief throughout North America, sent and supported missionaries worldwide, around the globe, and consistently looking to meet the needs of those in our community. For a few moments, I would like you to listen to some of the people from Cedar Valley, what they have to say about the church. Hey there, Cedar Valley. We are 80 years old. How cool is that? And we've been tracking down a few people to see what Cedar Valley means to them. And Gail, what does Cedar Valley mean to you? How long do you have? <laughs> hey, we found another person from Cedar Valley. Pam's on our leadership team. Pam, what does Cedar Valley mean to you? Wow, you know, when I think about Cedar Valley, for me, Cedar Valley is home. What does Cedar Valley mean to you, or how has it impacted you? Uh, I'm, I'm Justin, by the way. Um, I've actually attended Cedar Valley my whole life, and so it's basically impacted who I am. 
Uh, I'm another one of these people. I've been here my whole life, and it's just really been incredible when I think back to, like, my grandparents were some of the people that helped start this church. You know, Doug, Cedar Valley to me is, uh, is a place where all my best friends are. Hey, here's another Cedar Valley person. Cheryl, what does Cedar Valley mean to you? Hey, Doug. Cedar Valley is where the Spirit of God has led me 50 years ago to learn more about Him through experiences shared with the people here. The impact it's had on my life is memories. I remember Boys Club as a kid, making, making bird houses and cars. I also remember youth group with you, Pastor Doug. <laughs> That's and right. Going crazy and doing crazy things and service projects and then also moving into leadership. And uh, it's, it's really impacted and, and sculpted who I am. Um. Another one of those, you'll hear it a lot from us. I grew up in this church, my parents, my grandparents, um, all my big life events have taken here, taken place here at the church. Um, it's just home. I have people who love me, people that I love, people who got my back. We all have this shared community experience in the family of being together, not just immediate family, but church family as well, and welcoming new people into the church family. And I think that's one of the neatest things. It's the people, right from the care I received from young on. I remember some of my Sunday school teachers. Um, then as I grew older, the, uh, yeah, the youth workers. It was just huge in my life. And not only my best friends, but their friendships that are centered around Jesus. And uh, what, a, what an amazing place to just connect with people um, that I can call my best friends. And, and serve Jesus together along with them. Yeah. And then right down to teaching children Sunday school and just just loving to watch them um, understand yeah. concepts of Christianity. So that, that was really special right up until a few years ago when I um, led older ladies in Bible study. Some of the yeah. ladies that are no longer with us. Mm. That was yeah. really precious because they also taught me. So it's the people all ages. So, as God has not led me away from here, I would have to say, Cedar Valley is where I belong. Well, that sounds like a great place to be, right here, right? I love it here. Thanks, Cheryl. <laughs> now, if you've been here for 80 years, and I know some of you are getting pretty close to that, or if you've only been here for 80 days, our desire as the pastors and the leaders of the church, is that you will get a sense, not so much of our accomplishments and what we've done in the past, but you would see God's faithfulness at work in His church. And our church's desire to live faithfully and to be a community of love and of grace right where we live. You know, I introduced you to one old-timer from our church, and I'd like to introduce you to another one. He's not actually from Cedar Valley, and his name is Caleb. He was 85 years old, and this is what he said. We find his words in the book of Joshua, chapter 14, verse 10. And he declares, I am just as strong today as the day Moses sent me out, I'm just as vigorous to go into battle now as I was then. I wonder, what kind of image do you get in your mind when you hear the words, I'm as vigorous to go out into battle. Nothing's going to stop me. 
Well, as I said before, Caleb was 85 years old when he made this statement. And I'll tell you how he got to that point in his life. Now, years before that, God had made a promise to the nation of Israel that he would give them an inheritance. He would give them land to live in, a place to call home, a place to raise their children and to work their fields. See, they had been enslaved for generations. They had no real place to call home. And so after years being miraculously rescued from their oppressors and led through the Red Sea and brought right to the very doorstep of the promise that God wanted to reveal to them. And he said, here it is. It's all yours. All you have to do is take it. Well, they sent in 12 spies to check out the land to see what really was going on in there. And after they came back, 10 of them said, can't be done. Yeah, the land is beautiful. But there are too many problems that cannot be overcome. And yet Caleb was one of the two who had faith in what God wanted for them. But in the end, as a group, they wouldn't do it. Because they had more fear in the potential problems they faced than faith in God. And so they wandered in the wilderness. They wandered until everyone who was an adult at that time, when they said yes to their fears and no to God, until every one of those people had died. And then now, once again, they're standing on the verge of what God has for them. God gives them the land and they take it, and it's been 45 years since Caleb last stood on this spot. He's now 85. And he says, I remember the glory and the faithfulness of God. He has not changed, and I will faithfully follow, even if it's to a place that I've never been before. See, if we read throughout the rest of that chapter in the book of Joshua, chapter 14, you'll discover that Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly when others said, it can't be done. And at 85, he is saying, let's go. Let's be bold. Let's see what God has for us. He says, it's not about me. It's about God helping me. The faithfulness of God, and we can do it. So, Cedar Valley, my question to you is, at 80, Are we prepared to say wholeheartedly, let's go and see what God has for us? Do we as a church have the same God-centered focus that Caleb had? You know, really, at 80, we've just begun. How much more does God have in store for us as we faithfully serve Him?
we actually have no idea. Just like those who committed themselves to establishing this church that we call Cedar Valley, that is home to us, they had no idea what God was going to do with their faith, with their commitment. What God would do with their time, their money, their efforts, their prayers. But in faithfulness, they move forward with new ideas and new ministry initiatives, we would call them today. And here we are. So what does that faithfulness look like to the church? What means giving our commitment in ways of of attending and supporting the life of the church? It means faithfully giving what God is calling us to give, what He desires from those who follow Him. It means serving, using those gifts and talents and abilities that you have to the glory of God and to the work of the church. It means testifying about God's goodness, bringing the good news to others. We have that news, and it's been an incredible thing in our lives. And how are we going to take that forward and share that with others? It means living a life that brings glory to God in simple ways, in daily ways. And you know what will happen? As we live faithfully, check out Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. I love this verse. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Now think about that for a second. Immeasurably, immeasurably more than I can imagine. And I, I think at times I, I, have a, I have a crazy imagination. But that doesn't even touch what God can do through us according to his power that it is work within us. We are not doing this alone, on our own. It is the power of God that gives us strength. To him be the glory where? In the church. That's right, in us. And in Christ Jesus through all generations. Do you know, if you happen to be the fourth generation attending Cedar Valley, or if you're just starting as a first generation, God's same work and same power are at work here forever. That's incredible. What changes will we see? What opportunities will we have tomorrow, next year, in five years? We have no idea. A year ago, we weren't doing online Sunday services. That was beyond our capability. But with your giving to increase our equipment and talent and technology, here we are, bringing the gospel online. And as we continue to faithfully serve God, who knows how we can bring the word to the world in the future. And you know what? Even in the midst of this crazy COVID catastrophe of a year in some sense, the church will always gather together to worship God in some form. You know why? Because God is a relational God. And that's how we worship, 
how we build one another up, how we live as the church. And the reason I know that, that we know that, that God is a relational being, is because he uses us as the church in him in descriptions that says that Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and the church is the bride of Christ. He uses this relational idea to describe what the church is. I love this, Ephesians 5.25. We're going to start right in the middle. Take, take a look at that verse. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The creator of the universe died, sacrificed himself so that we might live. And you know, that was said in the larger context of relationships. For the verse starts, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now, here's a challenge for us guys. You know, I often tell my marriage couples that a husband who would die for his wife will have a wife who will live for her husband. This strong relationship of care, of love, of respect, of serving one another, of sacrificing for each other for the better of what you will become. And that's what we have in Jesus. He died for his bride so that we may live for him. Now, some of you have just been part of Cedar Valley for a short time and maybe others will soon to become a part of God's church that meets here at Cedar Valley and others for a long time. And you've got a lot of yourself and your life invested in the church that meets here. And I want to leave two verses with you. Hebrews 10, 10 to 12 says this. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And we think of Caleb receiving the inheritance that God promised to him. And I want you to think all this time, these years, this effort that you've given to the church, God has an inheritance for you that he promised in glory. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your work. You have set us well for moving into the future. And for that, May you be blessed. I want to close our time together by, by reading you a portion of Scripture. Here to the church, to you. From 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 to 24. Just listen as I read. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, Take tender care of those who are weak. 
be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He will do it in you, he will do it in us, in the life of his church, as we daily learn to give ourselves to him. So what does our community need? It needs a church that will be faithful to God and to live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our community needs the church more than ever. Your kindness, your compassion, your help. Bringing them the hope that is only found in Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ can give. In these troubling times, the church, that's right, you and I and us, God will use to heal this land, to draw those to himself so they too can rejoice and celebrate in his goodness. Blessings on you, Cedar Valley, as we continue to be the church that God is calling us to be. So thanks for joining everybody. Uh, this is a great morning. And this, you know, what a time for a birthday, right? I know I, this is going to be almost a year long, so a lot of you have had a birthday that hasn't been nearly the same kind of party that it maybe was in 2019, but it hopefully will be next year. But uh, that's optimism. We're still excited for it. But this is a great time to celebrate 80 years of legacy. It, it really know. is. And we look back a little bit, and going through some of the stories and the history was so exciting, and it got me enthused about what's next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? For a lot of you who might be joining in online, because that could be anywhere in the world, yeah. that's super exciting. We're glad you're here if this is your first time. Yeah. But uh, you might not know that Doug comes from a bit of a lineage here from the church, <laughs> talking about the founders. And But that's not just to say you haven't gone anywhere, right? right? You've traveled out to the prairies. You've you've been part of pastoring and leadership of other yeah. churches, too, and just come back. So there's some good ties here for you. It's a very appropriate for you to be able to, be able to tackle this message of looking back but looking forward yeah and being yeah. excited about the continued growth i love that story right. you had of uh, abe just sharing yeah some heart of what's yeah. to come right right yeah yeah well that was exciting we were we were gone for 12 years at in saskatchewan and doing some education and leading a church there hmm. and and then we came home and it's good to be a part of a community that cares and that's i think what cedar valley is right yeah 
Yeah, which leads exactly into this. Here, what we're asking, you know, the thing to dialogue uh, with, uh, if you've got some family at home watching with right. you or head up on the chat comments, you know, just get some dialogue going there uh, or phone a friend, whatever it is, head up Zoom with your small group, that'd be great. But we're talking about, yeah, what, what does the church, and we're talking about here, Cedar Valley, you know, or even the church in general, if you're part of a different church community, but you, that's what we want to do is it's not just for us, right? That, God has sent yeah. us. Like that's that's what uh, being a missionary is all about. Is being yeah. a sent person. We are sent to be a service to our community, to the yeah. people around us, to the yeah. needs of it. And I mean, you you listed it right there is right. to bring the gospel, the good right. news. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, when we think of this, I think the obvious Sunday school answer is well, Jesus, of course. <laughs> yeah. But having said that, we really want the people of Cedar Valley and those connected um, to the larger church too is um, specifically, what does that mean in me? It means of hope and help and other aspects of that. Getting very practical about what that means. I like yeah. that, practical, because that, that that's this season, right? Like this Advent Christmas season that's coming up is God literally came into yeah. earth. He was present, yeah. he is around, yeah. but uh, in human form, Jesus Christ yeah. came and was among us. And it wasn't just teachings and you know here's a yeah. pamphlet and come to my church right like literally yeah. change people's lives physically mentally emotionally like got involved everything like miracles even to yeah. just friendships and having dinner yeah. with people yeah constantly it was practical yeah and 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 I, I love that word that presence how can we be the presence of jesus in other people's lives mm -hmm. and, and, and i yeah. think that kind of takes it right there yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. that's that's probably the christmas yeah. focus right it's like something practical especially while we are going through another bit of a shutdown to help yeah. our and that that is actually a piece of yeah. it too is yeah. being aware of health and safety and doing our part in that so we're staying distant we're staying at home we're staying yeah. in small bubbles but there's also massively going to be a need for love care and for reaching out to those who might be more disconnected, who don't have family living in their house right now. Like we're yeah. blessed to have family right. with us. I know you have that same kind of blessing. Um, many of you yeah. might be like just solo on your own and here's a chance for us to make every effort we can. You know what? It's not part of my generation, but we're gonna stretch ourselves, millennials, pick up the phone and call somebody, yeah. right? Yeah. Hit up the FaceTime. Maybe we can do some safe disconnected, like if you need to just drop off a warm meal, yeah. right? Like stuff yeah. like that. Get your mask on and gloves and put it at the door. Yeah. I think yeah. that's going to be a huge thing and, this season. And, and two, to follow up with that, you know, we love to hear these little stories yes. of what you've been able to do. Yeah. Contacts that you've made, ways you've been able to help interact with others. Um, it is really exciting to hear the church living out its faithfulness yeah. um, to God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Well, hey, continue this discussion because there's so many exciting things happening all about this. And don't imagine it as like when it's the church, right? It doesn't need right. to be a Cedar Valley branded thing because right. the church, mm -hmm. literally, Ecclesia is like people. Yes. It's gathering yeah. of people. It's not this building branded That's thing. Right. Yeah. So let us know those stories, brainstorm stuff. And also we would love to, as pastors, as leaders in this church, encourage you and equip you and get you going. Like if you have these ideas and you can't quite work it on your own, we'll resource you however we can. Yeah. But uh, it's been a great morning. Continue this, and we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, Cedar Valley. Bye.